Our scripture this morning comes from Jeremiah chapter 18. I invite you to turn there with me or follow along on the screen as we hear the word of the Lord this day. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, Can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of a potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. If at any time I announce that a nation or a kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, destroyed, and if that nation, I warned, repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. Now, therefore, say to the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says, Look, I am preparing a disaster for you and devising a plan against you. So turn from your evil ways, each one of you, and reform your ways and your actions. But they will reply, It's no use. We will continue with our own plans. We will all follow the stubbornness of our evil hearts. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word and your spirit that is moving already within us and around us. May we even now, in just hearing your word, already begin to know the word that you have for us and help us to be ready to receive in a way that we would not let it fall to the ground, but would be actively a part of allowing it to fulfill the purpose it hasn't been intended for. So now I pray that you would take these words of mine, that you would turn them from water into wine, because Lord, we know you will take even the simplest of things and do miracles with it. So do it even now in our midst this day. In Jesus' name, amen. At the beginning of the summer, I got a, a message from a friend of my aunt's, and she said she had some items of that were hers and, and wanted to know if I would like them. My dad's sister had died in 2000, and, and we had gotten most of her things, but we knew that this friend was still treasuring some things, and so... I expected, anticipated that day. So I said, of course, send them to me. And I received eight boxes from Seattle, Washington. And don't worry, they weren't that big, but she packaged things so well that eight boxes came. Now in those boxes, as I was going through things, there were a couple of photo albums and, and some old letters, something from my aunt or my grandmother had written to my aunt, really precious things. But then there were other things as well. My aunt had spent her entire career teaching English as a second language, primarily to people um, from Japan. She lived in Japan for several years and taught English, and then 
at different universities across the country. She would teach um, English to those from Japan. So included in all of these items were Japanese prints and Japanese gift wrapping cloth. You reuse it. I mean, go figure. It's incredible. Beautiful things, lacquer boxes, on and on, little things. I wasn't really sure what I was going to do with all of it. I, I knew I needed to show my dad. I'll show my brother, see if they want anything. And I don't, I don't know uh, what I'll do with the rest of it. That's the fun part about receiving things from relatives, right? <laughs> so as I was unwrapping things, though, there was a teapot. And I got a bit excited. Um, I do have a bit of a collection of teapots and teacups. And they all have very, um, they're all very sentimental to me from someone special or a part of the family or from a travel of some kind. So this was very exciting for me. Of all of the things, this was something I knew I was about to be, I would cherish. So here's this teapot. And, and as I continue to open things, there's a cup and there's a saucer. Oh, there's got to be at least one more. I'm sure of it. And there's the other saucer. And then I go to open the other cup and it was broken. Of all the things, of all the things that made it all the way. I mean, glass-framed pictures. One piece, a tiny cup, broken. I was devastated. It wasn't something that I had used with her. I hadn't seen her use it, but there was just something. There was just some connection. And in the midst of unwrapping that broken cup, there was... A reminder, perhaps, of the grief, the brokenness. And all I could do with it was sit it on the table. <laughs> and it's still there. If anybody <laughs> came into my house today, that broken cup is still sitting there. Uh, almost four months later, I haven't been able to move it. And I'm just going to throw out there that I, that I think that our lives are a lot like that. That there are things in our lives, the brokenness, the sin, whatever it might be. And sometimes we're like, oh, this is something that's broken. It needs to be fixed. I know how it can be fixed. And we move on. Or it's broken. It cannot be restored. It needs to be thrown away. But sometimes there's brokenness that we just aren't ready or prepared to deal with. And so it sits on the corner of a table for a while. And not unknown a length of time, perhaps. Or perhaps, like Jeremiah and the people of Israel, we've heard that there is a God who is forgiving, but there's a God who also expects some things of us. And when we are, are caught up or overwhelmed or find ourselves in the midst of a situation or circumstances where where there is absolute sin in our lives. Sometimes we say, we know how to fix this. We know how to make a change. We know how to seek that forgiveness and make that relationship whole or whatever it might be. Other times we're like, this is broken and I just need to get rid of it completely. But how many times, even when we think we've gotten rid of it, is it really just sitting on the corner of the table? Maybe as a reminder for ourselves, because we really don't feel like God is able to forgive us or would really want to forgive us. Or maybe that brokenness just keeps eating away at us that 
in a way that prevents us from actually moving forward in our lives. Brokenness isn't easy and it's not fun, but it's a reality in our sinful and broken world. Yep. I've seen recently, uh, it keeps coming up, this Japanese art called kintsugi. It's a part of a philosophy called um, wabasabi, which is kind of fun, right? Wabasabi. But it's this philosophy that says there is beauty even in the broken and the old. And so the art form is kintsugi, and, and they'll take broken pieces of pottery, and they'll get the glue, and instead of just gluing something together so you can't tell that it was broken, they amplify it. They make sure you can see where it was broken. They, they add to the glue gold or silver or platinum, and then they begin to put it back together. So I want you to see what this looks like. It's, it's really beautiful. Uh, obviously broken in many places, and yet when it's put back together, it's beautiful. I want that to stay there for, for the rest of our time together so that you can see it, so you can remember it, as we continue to talk a bit this morning, because there's this thing about sin. Just as God says, if you would come and repent, I will forgive. There is that last verse where they reply, it's no use. We'll continue in our own plans. We'll follow the stubbornness of our evil hearts. Too often, too often, especially for people of God, we allow the stubbornness of our own hearts to get in the way of that forgiveness and grace. Too often, we assume that, that the way God will fit us back together is with that perfect, seamless, unvisible scar. But God didn't say that, that there wouldn't be scars. God didn't say that we wouldn't remember. God just said, you're forgiven. You don't need to live in that anymore. What if we allowed ourselves, instead of wanting and seeking that visible perfection, what if instead we allowed ourselves to see how God heals and restores and being, brings beauty from our pain and our scars? Just as that potter sat at the wheel with a, a marred piece of clay, took what was marred and reshaped it in a way that it would be even more useful, even more beautiful, even stronger. And that is what God's forgiveness 
and grace does in our lives. It brings strength. It brings beauty. It, it displays purpose. But it doesn't mean that we don't have scars. Our God is a redeeming God. Our God is one who will use everything that happens in our lives, the, even the ugliest of things. God can use them. How many of us, if we would simply be willing to admit to a few scars, would then also be testifying to the goodness and the beauty of who God is. Because yes, even though I may have scars, it's because of God that I've come through them. It's because of who God is that I can be a person of love. It's because of who God is and what God has done to, to put me back together, to give me such beautiful scars. He's brought beauty from those ashes. He's brought joy from my despair. So I wonder if perhaps we might remember the very scars that Jesus bore and see the beauty that comes when life is offered. I, I think I might try a little DIY project. I'm going to see if I can find that right kind of epoxy, mixing it just so, adding a little color to it. I think it's time for that cup to not just be on the corner of the table, in pieces, but allow it to be put back together and seen for the beauty it is.